Welcome to the Post Purchase Pro Podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. Back end and back again. Seth Stevens, how you doing today? Oh, man, really good. We got a thunderstorm going on right outside my door, though, so hopefully... I'm coming through loud and clear, guys. We have an amazing guest today that's a different angle than what we're used to talking about. I'm super excited about this one, John. Yeah, I know you are. Um, I just had an opportunity to speak with this gentleman uh, before we went live on the broadcast. So you guys are in for a treat. Yes, we're still talking about e-commerce, but not specifically Amazon. So today is going to be a little bit different. Who do we have here today, Seth? Oh, man. Today we have a very special guest. We have Chase Clymer, who is the co-founder of Electric Eye and the host of Honest E-Commerce. Chase, I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. And I think that storm that you guys are getting will be here probably towards the end of this episode. So it's going to be funny <laughs> to hear it kind of go across the Midwest. Yes. Yes. Uh, that happens this time of year, doesn't it? Don't they say uh, April showers bring May flowers, but I'm not sure I want to get on a boat. Yeah, no, it's uh, well, you know what? I do need to seed my yard, so I'll, I'll take the rain. All right. So, Chase, thanks for uh, taking a minute to uh, spend some time with our audience today. Um, I know folks are going to really love what you have to, to say about building brands. And as you stated in your own words, you have some specific opinions about what we should and shouldn't do when it comes to building a brand. So anxious to jump into that. But before we do, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Chase and, and what you're all about. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm a terrible golfer. I'm a giant nerd. Uh, and I help e-commerce brands all day long. Uh, so that's what I'm up to these days. Uh, but I guess maybe you want the backstory, right? So once upon a time, I was in a punk rock band and that did not pay the bills. Uh, so I was traveling a lot with that. Uh, and I was doing kind of anything to make money online, right? But not that. Um, but I was working on websites. I was doing, uh, you know, advertising. I was consulting for a lawyer. I was working for, uh, you know, a uh, kind of real estate development company. Uh, and I slowly kind of was getting more and more interested in the strategic side of things, uh, you know, knowing that my efforts were actually making somebody money, which now we know those are like <laughs> leading indicators and KPIs, once you start to learn how all this stuff works, right? So anyways, I was doing that for a very long time. And that's when I met my business partner, Sean. He, him and I actually uh, worked on my band's album art. Great and name, by the way. What was that? Great name, Sean, by the way. Yeah, Sean is a fantastic name. Spelled the same way as well. Uh, so I, I met Sean and we uh, tag teamed on my band's album art for the first couple albums and EPs and whatnot. And um, fast forward, you know, obviously I didn't make it to MTV. Uh, so the band kind of hung up the hat and I was still kind of in the the digital space as a consultant. And that's when I got introduced more into the world of e-commerce by my, my friend, Sean, who uh, was... He had just left an e-commerce startup. Uh, they had done pretty successful. But once his job switched from what he was passionate about, which was kind of more strategic design, uh, to managing designers, which he was like, I, that's not what I signed up for. Uh, you know, He kind of left and he, he kind of went out into the world. Uh, and we started just tackling all these like projects together. And they, it kind of was like getting to be like the same thing almost over and over. We were helping businesses with their Shopify web stores, uh, you know, some new designs in development, some marketing strategy. Uh, and really this was, uh, 
six years ago when kind of Facebook ads were the wild west. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how we, how we cut our teeth. And, uh, that's how the agency started by accident because people started asking, who do we pay? And then we started to realize taxes were crazy and we had to build a real business. (laughs) Wow. Chase, this is amazing. So before the show, you were talking about, you know, you have some specific insight to, you know, where a prospective entrepreneur should start in today's landscape. But a lot of our people, that are listening are already in the game. So kind of tailor it to that. But Chase, what what's your opinion on, you know, Shopify versus Amazon as a starting platform? And, you know, where do, where should I get started if I'm getting in the game? And then if I'm already in the game, um, you know, what should I be thinking about today? Oh, yeah, this is this is a fun one. So let me kind of state this first. My day-to-day job and, and what we do at the agency is we are helping brands that are usually on Shopify or migrating to Shopify optimize their experience to, you know, get more sales, raise their conversion rate and their average order value, right? So that's like my perspective as an agency owner and the types of brands we work with. Now, if I was going to go out and build a brand, I would use a different term. If I was going to validate a product, I would use Amazon to validate that product uh, because the marketplace is just ravenous with people wanting to buy stuff. The intent is so high, and you can really figure out whether or not you're onto a winning product a lot faster on Amazon, in my opinion, uh, than standing up uh, a Shopify store that will do justice for like a brand play. Um, you know, I think there's a big difference between. Building a Shopify store and building like a true like e-commerce business, and I think a lot of people like to uh, uh, cut corners in that regard, and it comes back <laughs> to bite them in the butt later on down the line. Okay, okay, good advice. Um, so, uh, Chase, what is the toughest barrier that you see for new sellers when they try to enter this marketplace today? Ah, uh, it's kind of just going to go right back to what I just said. It's finding finding product market fit, right? It's that validation of the product that they're selling is actually something that people want to buy. And sometimes it's not necessarily like the product could be right, but the messaging or the targeting could be wrong. Uh, it's, it's crazy to see. Uh, can you, can how you give a recent example while you're on that? Oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a little bit more difficult. So with our business, we're, we're working with brands that are a little bit further along in their career uh, because that, that, that finding that, Product market fit, that validation is such a hard thing to do. And I, most brands are bootstrapped and finding someone to help you uh, validate your idea is a very expensive investment if you don't know what you're doing uh, and someone else does. And so it's kind of, I always say it's like, it's that founders, that entrepreneurs struggle is they need to do that hard work up front. And a lot of people don't want to do it. <laughs> um, once you find a product with product market fit, uh, which, you know, product market is kind of like a hard thing to really describe. But I would say like you're organically selling this thing to people you don't have a clue who they are. Uh, it's actually moving. You're actually getting sales. It's actually profiting uh, without like a, a paid funnel behind it. Right. That's That's a really good <laughs> indicator that you're onto something there. Isn't that true? Yeah. So um, Seth and I are often talking about how uh, sellers should instead of trying to create one listing or one product to reach the entire market that we need to be talking to a specific buyer 
in a sub niche within that category so that we're only drawing the attention of those who are most likely to convert for our product. So I love that you're talking about this, Chase. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I think that it, it's, this, it's, it's not a problem, right? Everyone has to start somewhere, but a sign of a young entrepreneur is a shotgun approach to everything, right? They're going to try <laughs> everything uh, with every marketing channel, with every iteration. It's like you are spreading yourself so thin. And if everything's important, nothing's important, and you're not going to see any sort of traction with whatever you're doing. Um, so, you know, the biggest barrier is, is finding product market fit from there. You know, I'm sure that the ways to scale on Amazon are a little bit different than what you would do, say on kind of your own owned website on like a Shopify or something similar. Um, and obviously I've got some opinions on how you do that. Uh, but yeah, just so that Chase, going- let's, let's, let's jump right into that. So our audience is predominantly made up of Amazon sellers. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've, they're cut their teeth in Amazon. They're building their brand on Amazon because it's the easiest place to get, you know, validation, but also to start scaling. And then they say, well, I want some diversification or I want to build a real brand. I want to take this business seriously. Where do I go? And then a lot of sellers will go to Shopify, but they don't, they don't understand the marketing that's required on that side. They don't understand, they don't understand like conversion and traffic and all of that is different when you're responsible for it all. So, so Amazon's kind of working in the background for you on your behalf, building trust and helping with conversion, but on your own site, it's on you. So you run an agency that helps people build a brand on Shopify and their own sites, right? So if I'm listening to this, what I want to know is I've tried Shopify before, Chase. Why have I failed or why is it so small? <laughs> what do I need to get right to make this thing explode for me? Yeah, and I'll tell you what it is, is they went into it with the wrong expectations. They were assuming that if they just stood up a Shopify store, that the sales would be there. But why would they be there? There's no traffic going to that site. There was no uh, investment made in SEO or paid ads or what have into bringing eyeballs to that website. There was no uh, real thought put into the design of that website to help build that brand trust. Amazon comes to the table, products on Amazon come to the table with a lot more trust, like you mentioned, because it's within that ecosystem. And people know if they press buy, they're going to get it. But when you're talking about uh, uh, something outside of that ecosystem, where it is its own experience, you have to you have to actually stand out. And people can take a look at websites and, and be like, you know, this kind of looks scammy. If it looks like it was stood up overnight, you know, it feels like you're just going to steal my credit card and I'm not going to get the product that you're selling, even though it might actually be solving the problem that I'm looking for to solve. Um, people definitely don't invest the time and energy into doing it right. And they often fail because they think it is the same as Amazon. And it is absolutely not. They are two completely different monsters. And I've talked to a lot of brands over on our podcast. They have like a head of Amazon and then they have a head of e-commerce and like they're just two completely different roles because the way you think about the strategies within those two different ecosystems is completely different. That's crazy. So I I think you, you hit the nail on the head chase when you said it's about the traffic, you know, it's kind of like the old theory of if you build it, they will come. So no, they won't (laughs) not anymore. (laughs) Once upon a time ago, I was a young fledgling entrepreneur. I was about 16 years old 
and I was selling uh, fresh cut flowers, but I would travel around and sell the flowers where the crowds were. You know, it's the whole reason why a market exists because they bring traffic. So I thought I'd be lazy and open me a store on Main Street and hang out my shingle and just figured that people would just stop and buy flowers just because I was there. But I learned a very valuable lesson back then. <laughs> you have to go where the traffic is. So, um, you know, and I think uh, a lot of folks are are approaching e-commerce and, and internet uh, marketing in the same way. They think if I just build a beautiful funnel and a website, then people will just find me on a whim and buy my widgets. And it's just not true. It's not even close to reality. The fact that Amazon has hundreds of millions of shoppers' credit cards on file, you know, they can just buy with one click. They're already on the site shopping, makes it an absolute game changer for someone getting in. But I love what you're doing when it comes to Shopify because so many Amazon sellers, like Seth mentioned, are just going to Shopify assuming, oh, I'll just funnel some of that traffic over to my store, you know, and forego or, or, or not pay that 15% commission. Well, let me tell you, that 15% commission on Amazon is pretty cheap compared to driving your own traffic. So uh, the fact that you're able to help sellers get up and running driving traffic is just remarkable. I've, I've used Shopify myself. I actually understand traffic and conversion, so it was easier for me. So for Electric Eye, uh, Chase, who is the perfect client for you? I mean, what's the perfect scenario? Absolutely. I mean, I would say... To your audience, it might be a little bit different than our typical client, right? Our typical client is established on Shopify. They're already, you know, selling. They have product market fit, right? They're they're a little bit further along. And where we come in, we do some really fun stuff. We're either like doing a big redesign of the store, or we're going to uh, do some more CRO related stuff. Get in there with Hotjar, look at analytics, get a little more nerdy, and like try to eke out edges <laughs> on that conversion rate and the average order value, and and make sure the customer journey is a lot more. Uh, fun and makes sense for, for people buying there, right? So that's like our typical client. But these days, I'm uh, speaking more and more to sellers on Amazon that are looking to, you know, de-risk their business by building something that they own. Um, and the first, the first conversation I have with them is, "Hey, you know, this is not going to work as fast as you think, right?" Uh, <laughs> and most of them will be like, "Well, I don't trust you," and then they go away, and that's fine, right? But I'm just trying to set expectations, right? Because um, once you the better you set expectations, the better the project's going to go for everybody in the long run. Um, but if you are looking to build an experience on Shopify, uh, we've got a pretty good process for bringing brands over and building that MVP first round. And we really like to approach it in a way that while it's not a new business, you, your product might be have like you might have product market fit on Amazon. This channel is kind of net new, so we approach it as like if it was a bootstrapped kind of startup. So we're like, look, we're not going to let you waste your money. Like the investment's going to be right for what we're trying to do here, um, and we're going to you know put rails on this. It's going to get done, and then you're going to start marketing to start getting traffic here, so this investment can pay for itself, right? Um, so that's kind of the process that we do when we're working with Amazon brands. So. Uh, if you're on Amazon and you're looking to get over to Shopify, we can always have a conversation. Or if you're already on Shopify and doing great and you want someone to make it better, that's our bread and butter. So, so Chase, I'm sitting here thinking with my Amazon seller hat on, like, what would I ask Chase if I'm sitting across the chair from him that would, like, you know, drive this home for me? So I have a Shopify store, you know, hypothetically, and I'm not making very many sales. I've tried my own traffic. Um, it didn't really work very well. What are like the top two or three things that I should be thinking about like 
to get this ball rolling and, and to actually get some traction on Shopify? Yeah. So the one thing I notice a lot, and this is like a really funny difference between um, entrepreneurs that start in the Amazon world and the in the Shopify world. And now when I'm saying Amazon or Shopify, it's like marketplace versus you know building your own website, right? But these are just the easiest generic terms to use that everyone should yeah. be like. I get what you're saying. <laughs> when you're starting like on Amazon, it's funny like how people have such a more robust product mix. So they'll sell like lawn care items and Barbie dolls and like cool hats. And then they build a website on Shopify that's selling all three of those things. And you're just like, hold on, let's take a step back here. It's like, that makes no sense. Would you, <laughs> you got to build a brand. If you're trying to build a brand here, it's like you got to focus on one particular niche and do that well. So I would identify my best-selling products or related products in a category before I even attempted to go and build kind of my own experience. Because let's be real, anytime you visit a store and it's not like a marketplace or a Walmart or a Target and it just looks like an internet bodega, you're like, why would I buy from this guy? <laughs> it's like a Shopify flea market, isn't it? Hey, those I've never seen one work and people keep trying to do it. Well, they're using like the apps like Oberlo and they believe, hey, if this, this product's already got some traction on Alibaba, then maybe I can steal some of that action and, and put it on Shopify. Um, I've had Shopify stores uh, both successful and fail. So I know this is a totally different animal. Um, yeah. So do you want to, if you don't mind, Chase, I'd like for you to, to talk briefly about a recent case study and one of the clients that you work with or a recent win that you can brag about like a before and after? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of actually skipped over this a little bit earlier, but something that we're doing a lot of lately uh, is we're migrating brands to Shopify from like other platforms. So this wouldn't be the same as like standing someone up from an Amazon, right? So we've been doing a lot of work bringing people over from uh, things like Big Commerce or uh, Big uh, Big Commerce Salesforce Commerce Cloud. We just did one uh, the other day for a brand uh, coming over from Squarespace. Now it's funny to me. Squarespace is amazing job at marketing, and then they like just tacked on e-commerce as like an afterthought. Um, and what happens is these brands that do have product market fit and they're building something really cool, like it's almost like at the million dollar a year mark on the dot, they just hit this ceiling on Squarespace that they can't do anymore because the platform's so limiting from a post-purchase perspective, like what you guys are all about. Uh, from an integrated email automation perspective, from even dropping in pixels and doing your more traditional funnel stuff, uh, it's really limiting on a platform like Squarespace. And so we've we've been doing a lot of migrations there, uh, and we just knocked it out of the park for this for this uh, team. Uh, now she's selling uh, ball pits for parties. <laughs> uh, is the product, and oh, is she selling these things? They fly off the shelves. She just did a partnership. I don't know if I can say it with who out loud actually, but they are they're they're crushing it, and uh, it's the conversion rates and just the ease. It's like obviously you want more sales, you want more conversion rate, you want more average order value, whatever, right? Those metrics, the KPIs to make everyone happy. You just see up into the left hockey skip, right? Something else that happens during these projects that a lot of people overlook is just the easy use for the team. Just so much stuff works for them, and you could integrate their entire you know fulfillment stuff into their marketing stack and things are just happening without people breaking the process. And it, it made just so much 
stress get off of their shoulders with getting to a technology that was like tailored made for actual e-commerce. Uh, so that one was that one was pretty fun, and we're going to be actually launching that site. That site will probably be live before this podcast comes out. So that's uh, Mini Dip is the brand. I can say that. Uh, so by okay. the time this comes out, it'll probably be the new Mini Dip. It's like a do-it-yourself uh, ball pit. Uh, so it's ball pits. The, got a really cool bundle builder. I mean, this the, this the angle they play is very influencery. Like we're having a bachelorette party. Like it's very fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. So so Chase, as um, you're thinking about you know speaking to our audience now our audiences you know they have an amazon store maybe not a shopify store yet um what can you do to help these guys out maybe if you have a special offer now's the time to uh, let's talk about that yeah so the the easy one is we have a book that i wrote about scaling e-commerce brands uh there's three kpis that truly matter uh when you're talking about growth for like an owned platform uh you could probably draw a lot of similarities here between amazon i haven't done that 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 kind of thought experiment yet um, but you can head on over to brandscalingframework.com. Just drop in your name and email. You join our email list. You'll immediately get sent the PDF of uh, this this book. I actually have it right here. So we printed out a bunch of them too, and I was giving them away. At oh, nice. So this I is need one of those. Of this is rare because I'm already on to 2.0. It's just not printed yet. <laughs> uh, it's not released yet through uh, through the, the internets though. But uh, I'm having fun writing all of these kind of ideas that we have down. So you can go and do that. And then... Um, honestly, another offer that I'll, I'll throw out there for your listeners is uh, if you're doing over a million dollars in sales and you want an actual true consultation with someone that will tell you the truth, uh, you can just head over to electriceye.io, uh, hit schedule call. It's going to schedule actually with me. I'll be the guy to talk to you. And I'll, I'll give you some honest feedback about whether or not uh, moving to Shopify is, is right for you. Perfect. Sean? Yeah, so we have a couple of fun questions prepared for you, um, Chase. Uh, the first one I thought Seth was going to ask is, what's your all-time favorite business book? You know, no self-promotion here. <laughs> what's your all-time favorite business book? I'm trying to see if it's around here. Uh, it is Built to Sell by Gino Wickman. Uh, sorry, Gino Wh- Wickman wrote Traction. That's the wrong author. Traction was a great book, but Built to Sell by... Uh, <laughs> Warlow is the guy's name. He has a sweet podcast too, Built to Sell Radio. Uh, Seth's a big fan. Yeah, yeah. So Built to Sell changed. Uh, it's funny that the little the analogy in that book is all about an agency. That's an amazing book. It's 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 written as uh, as a story. It's really easy to understand, and it will really teach you about a service business if that's kind of the model that you're in. Uh, that one's fantastic. And then I can throw out a few other ones out there if you want. Uh, I'm a big business yeah, me. I, I love books. <laughs> yeah. So Traction uh, Traction by Gino Wickman uh, is a tough read but it is a fantastic uh way to learn about the eos entrepreneurial operating system about having systems to run your business uh that's a fantastic thing to get into uh profit first by mike metalowitz changed how we do financing (laughs) your language yeah yeah yeah. um it's fun this there's a really fun sales book called you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar by david sandler uh (laughs) if you can find that it's kind of rare but if you can find that book that's a really fun sales book uh man i i i so i'm a big reader and I usually do like a business book and then I go into like a fantasy book. <laughs> to, to hey, kinda... You and me both. I, I do a lot of uh, fiction in the, in the off season, but you know, I can only handle so much and then I have to go back. So absolutely. Good stuff, Seth. 
Yeah. So Chase, every week we like to ask a fun question. So in the game of business, sometimes the rewards are uh, financial and sometimes we spend money on stuff that's not even worth it. But sometimes in those rare circumstances, we buy something, might be a splurge, but we don't regret it. So do you have anything like that come to mind? You know what? I actually do. So uh, in the past <laughs> five months, I think I bought it uh, in January or maybe February. There is a gentleman uh, out there. Uh, he has a Twitter account uh, and he runs a, a productized design consultancy called Design Joy. And he tweeted one day that he was like putting together kind of his thoughts on a productized service and that kind of went viral. So he, he released a course and it was very affordable. Uh, and I splurged on that course. Uh, and I was happily, uh, I was pleased with, with what the course was. What's uh, the name of the course? The, I think it's called Productize Yourself. And I think it's productizeyourself.com. Um, and it was a very fun little course. Um, uh, it's <laughs> how to kind of take your, uh, your knowledge and build a, a business and remove hours from it, right? Which the, that was the main reason we bought it. Because at the agency... Um, that was our goal for 2023. Is our goal for 2023 is to completely remove hours from our offering, um, and so this was a, a a good a good purchase. And there's a lot of cool stuff that we took away from it. I got productizeyourself.co. Yep, that's um, that's well, the website. All right, good. All right. Um, so one more question, and then we're gonna call it a day. Um, if there's one thing, Chase, or one idea or thought you want listeners to take away today, what would that be before we wrap? Done is better than perfect. That, that's our motto, Chase. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just do it. Just get something, just get started, get something going. I, I There's so many uh, entrepreneurs that have cool ideas that they're just stuck in this iteration phase where they think the first thing that they need to launch has to be perfect uh, or it will fail. And I'm just here to tell you that it's going to fail because you're never going to launch it. It's like, just get something going, learn from your mistake, <laughs> And iterate and iterate and iterate. Um, we've had so many failed product launches or offer launches or ideas over at the agency. Um, you know, every no just gets you one step closer to yes, and you just learn from all that it. stuff. <laughs> it sounds like Augmandino talking to me in my sleep. <laughs> uh, when we finish this, I'm going to send you a link to my 15 year old son's second funnel. You're going to die laughing. Uh, he does a heck of a job at it. But oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. But yeah, no, just it, it's just perfection is never the goal like you're going to waste a lot of time for diminishing returns it's like get done move on and keep keep doing stuff seth take us out of here chase we really really appreciate you um, coming on and sharing your wisdom today everybody go and check out electriceye.io to check out what chase is up to helping sellers and businesses scale their shopify growth. So Chase, we really appreciate you. But until next time, I'm one of your co-hosts, Seth Stevens, along with Sean Hart, our other co-host. This has been an episode of the Post Purchase Podcast. Thanks, guys. Don't go anywhere, Chase. <laughs> How many times are we going to pull that trigger? <laughs> All right. Stepping on your